It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. There is a timeout on the field with the score. Listen to this. We are not drunk. <laughs> this is accurate. The Eagles 34, the Cowboys 3. It is BGN Radio, episode 305. I am James Seltzer coming to you live as Howie Roseman has done it again. Uh, With me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, the giant himself, the editor-in-chief of BleedGreenNation.com, Mr. Brandley Gatton. What's up, brother? Never a dull moment with your Philadelphia Eagles. You know, you figure, all right, the Eagles don't have a lot of cap space. They just won the Super Bowl. Not going to tweak the roster too much. Kind of going to try to bring back as many guys as they can uh, and kind of retain this thing. Nope. They go out and they freaking trade for Michael Bennett. Yeah, well, BLG, Howie made me look like an idiot on national radio, or I guess local radio, whatever you want to call it, because we literally said that. A week ago on the midday show, Richie and the camera are like, oh, don't expect to quiet all season. That's not what how he does. And I'm like, guys, I got to tell you, I really think it's going to be chill. It's going to be quiet. We've got everyone signed. It's bring people back, do some tiny stuff. And how he's already made me look like an asshole, BLG. What the hell is that, man? It's what he does. I'd like to think, too, <laughs> you're on international radio, since we have people listening to us, at least, from That's, this, all over this the right world. This right here is international. That's what we're talking about. Indeed. So, yeah, I mean, you look at it, and it shouldn't be surprising at this point. I mean, Harry Roseman literally makes more than twice the amount of trades as any GM since he took over the position. And that includes the year off he had in 2015 since 2010, like I said. So this is a guy who's always active in the trade market. You know, you can kind of talk about how that makes um, sense in, in a different way. You know, there's there's a, an exploit there in terms of, you know, uh, you, like you don't just have to sign free agents. You can be active in the trade market, and that's a, a way to build your team. And we saw that's what the Eagles did to win a Super Bowl. So you're, you're seeing it more often in the league now. I mean, you're seeing... You know, as as we're recording this not too long after the Rams trade for not only Marcus Peters earlier this offseason, but now Aqib Tlaib, too. So 
trades are, I don't know, are they the new market inefficiency? Yes. Oh, there BLG, you go. BLG, yes. I, I think that's what you're hitting on. And I think for once, and it's already born fruit, as we say with the Super Bowl title, but I think for once, when we're talking about market inefficiencies, when we're talking about the changes in a sport, I think for once, Philadelphia, and, and look, I, I think – it hasn't been proven out, but maybe, you know, a guy by the name of Sam Hinkie might have been doing that as well. But I think for once we're on the front end of that. I think Howie Roseman is ahead of the curve in the NFL. And we saw it last season. I think you're BLG are hitting it. We're already seeing it and it's gonna continue to happen. Trades are the new market inefficiency. You can get guys for look, draft picks used to be everything, right? Like, and now people are willing to move picks for for cost control guys, for guys who they can have for a little while. Marcus Peters, obviously, a little bit less so than Ronald Darby, a perfect example. Jay Ajayi, like, I think Howie Roseman is at the front end of that, and to see him come out, BLG, after they won the freaking Super Bowl, and to be one of the first guys out here saying, "Oh yeah." I'm still rolling. Let's go. I'm making this team better. I'm making moves is is really heartening to see because I know at least for me certainly and I think from the 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 tenor of the fan base and you can comment on this seeing the fan posts, seeing the you know reaction on bleedgreennation.com from the people, from the fans. I think it's been hard for us to kind of turn that page and to say oh, yeah, it's not going to be the exact same team coming back. It's not going to be all the, and I don't use this lightly, heroes returning because every single one of them are heroes forever for all of us. But BLG, I think we're starting to see that, and and your thoughts on the Michael Dran- the, the, the points with the Michael Bennett trade, no one's going to say, oh, I don't like that. You can't. It's a it's a brilliant move. It was taking it again. Howie Roseman, like he did with the Sam Bradford trade, sensing a team that is in flux and needs to to make changes and pouncing on it. But the effects on the roster, BLG, this is the change. We're gonna start to see Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles leave this team, leave this town. What's your your overall kind of take on not just obviously the Bennett trade, which it's hard to hate, but the effect on the roster, the ripple effects that this trade has? Well, there are people who certainly do not like the trade just because of Michael Bennett's personality. So, <laughs> so we've already got that, which is fantastic. Um, when it comes to well, how we real quick, real quick before you yeah. on just to, just to those people, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to change their minds. I know there are people out there, but <laughs> for what it's worth, just from a purely forgetting ideological stuff, just from a purely football team perspective, there is no better locker room that anyone can be walking into to be able to deal with this type of stuff, to be able to make this stuff positive, to be able to to, you know, harness this type of stuff. I mean, he's walking into a locker room with Chris Long, with Malcolm Jenkins, with all these guys who have, have shown that they can they can use their platform for good and for positive things and, and know the right way to do it. And, and I'm not, this is nothing to say. I have no issues with Michael Bennett personally. I I, I appreciate that, that he speaks up for what he believes in and, and all that. But I know there are people who have issues for those people. If you want, forgetting the ideological stuff, because that's not going to change. Just think about it this way. This is a pretty damn good spot for him to be walking into to be able to really put that to good use, if you know what I mean. And the risk here is minimal in terms of like they're only committed to him financially through this year. Like if if let's just assume that these people who are concerned are right 
and the worst case scenario happens and he's disruptive, guess what? He's gone after a season. Like, it's not the end of the world. It's not like you're stuck with this terrible contract forever. Even in the worst case scenario, it really can't that be... It can't be that bad. And then because also, look what they gave up for him. They gave up, essentially, in effect, Matt Tobin, who was not going to make the team in 2017 as an offensive lineman, or at least, you know, if he did, he probably wasn't going to play at all, be the fourth or fifth offensive tackle. And then they also give up Marcus Johnson. Look, who we love Marcus Johnson. He came on the BGN Radio podcast last year. I think he's a great kid. I think he has a bright future. I don't, you know, I don't know what he's going to amount to in terms of his ceiling, but I think he's a hard worker. I hope he has success in Seattle. I still think he's probably, you know, tops out like a, a fourth or third receiver in there. But, you know, that's that's just nothing to give up. Those guys weren't going to play here. Marcus Johnson probably wouldn't have made the roster here in 2018 with the Eagles. So to get Michael Bennett, who I think is being undersold, by the way, and and I think, again, we're talking about strategy here, and you want to talk about market inefficiencies. How about all these kind of older players that Howie Roseman is acquiring? Look last year with LeGarrette Blunt and Chris Long, and even going back a little bit further with Darren Sproles, a lot of those teams just kind of gave up on some of those guys. They're like, all right, they're getting older. We can't afford them. It's not going to be good good enough for us to in terms of being trying to work this out and and guess what I mean you can still get good production out of those guys especially when you're not asking them to you know carry the team I mean Michael Bennett played over 960 snaps last year like he played a ton of snaps for Seattle and you look at this Eagles pass rush he's not going to play nearly the same amount of snaps the Eagles Defensive lineman who played the most snaps last year was Brandon Graham with over 700 or around there. So, uh, and you look at Vinnie Curry. If if Michael Bennett just slides into Vinnie Curry's role, then he's going to play literally around 300 snaps fewer this season. So, uh, you have to look at it from that perspective too. I think bringing Michael Bennett in here makes a ton of sense because, as I just mentioned with Vinny Curry, I mean, we already heard on Sunday night that he is probably the odd man out, which isn't surprising. We knew that all along. You look at the money, it just didn't make sense in terms of what you're getting out of him in the production. You can't keep that $11 million cap number when you can save cap space. And, you know, he's he's also, he's also an older player. He's going to be, I think, 30 this offseason. So... You get Michael Bennett. I mean, he is a great player in terms of what he has been able to do statistically. He, I think he ranks third overall in quarterback hits since 2013. This guy is going to create more havoc. Like he, and he can line up everywhere in the defensive line. You can, you can move him around the defensive tackle. You can rush from the inside. You can rush from the outside. I mean, Michael Bennett is a big addition to this uh, this defensive line which already led the NFL in pressures by a good amount last year. It's crazy, James, to me how uh, it's almost to the point. It kind of reminds me we're like you know we're looking at the Sixers making all these deals with the same hinky, and he's kind of robbing some people. And it's the same way here, almost with Howie Roseman. It's like, why are you going to continue to pick up the phone? And you know, we saw that report about how the Patriots offered a better deal than the 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 Eagles did to the Seahawks. And to and the Seahawks didn't want to, you know, turn the Eagles deal down because it would have been bad for a relationship. It's almost like you want to burn the, your relationship with uh, the Eagles at this point if you're John Snyder because Harry Roseman keeps robbing you. 
Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the 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 things that Howie Roseman has done, I think you bring up a great point about the value of veterans and the value of guys that he can plug in, just known quantities. And you see it too, again, going back to the Darby trade, again, going back to the Ajayi trade, trading unknown assets for known quantities. And, and I think that that is something we're going to see more of. I think you pointed out with the Rams trading a fifth round pick for Aqib Tlaib. Like, you know, we are seeing that change in, in the way NFL general managers and front office people do their business. And I think Howie Roseman is at the forefront of that. And not just that, at the, you know, the guy kind of spurring that change, which is a really interesting parallel when you think about the coaching staff too, because I think that, that again, not to get too, you know, over the top with this Eagles team and this organization, but I think you're going to see the stuff that Doug Peterson did have a profound effect on the league as well. The use of analytics going forward on fourth down, the gutsiness. I, I think that's, look, it's a copycat league. I, we always say that in a, in a cliche kind of way, but it really is. It is a league where people see things that work and try and do it again and recreate it. And I think the Eagles of 2017, you know, are going to be a blueprint for a lot of teams because of the way they did it. And the the depth of the roster, the the way Howie Roseman built the roster, the value of a backup quarterback, the the all those things are, and then Peterson and the play calling and the the analytics and the fourth down, I think it's all gonna be the the future of the NFL and that's insanely exciting to think about. You also brought up a really good point about Michael Bennett's snaps. I believe the number was he played 931 snaps last season, at least per Shield Kapadia. And no Eagles defensive lineman during the regular season played more than 662 snaps last season. You think about putting Michael Bennett in this scheme with Jim Schwartz, the ability to move inside, the creativity, the unleashing of the talent, and then you think about how fresh he could be. And we saw him, BLG. We saw him in that game in Seattle where that dude was a monster. Michael Bennett can still bring it. And BLG, you think about that that freshness that is potential when you add it in. Um, it, it's it's really it, it's crazy to think about that this D-line that was the best in football could be that much better. And that's what they needed to do. They needed to, like, there was, I don't think there was a, a ton of pushback on this, but I felt like sometimes I would see pushback and be like, no, the Eagles are already good on the offensive and defensive line. No, like, you, you can never, you can almost virtually never, I mean, obviously there is a point where you can draft too many, but you can't, you almost can't add too many good offensive linemen or too many good pass rushers. Totally Building through the trenches is the way they got to the Super Bowl. Like it's that. the lesson we should take away outside a, of getting a franchise quarterback and having yes. depth at that position. Yes. Building through the trenches, at least in roster construction, is the biggest lesson you could take away from this season. It was huge. And, I, again, I, I think people keep underselling how good Bennett is. I mean, it's not like, oh, this is a good pass rusher. No, this is like an elite level A game rusher. changer. He's a game and, changer. And obviously he's 33, so we'll see, you know, like how, well, how much that Well, 32, not up. 33 till well, November. He, yes, so, he will you know. be. <laughs> and then, you know, it's something. It's a little bit. But I'll, um, take, it. I'll take every month I get, BLJ. <laughs> just, just shaving it off. Just shaving yeah, it off. Um, yeah, so I, I think. He's young you know, at heart, BLJ. He is. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think 
in general, you know, some some pass rushers tend to age well anyway. We still see what like wasn't like Dwight Freeney still playing. I mean, you you have some of these guys who go uh, older into their career. I think Johnny yeah, Abraham, Robert like Mathis, for forever. Uh, yeah, forever. Yeah, so you have those guys that last around, and and again, Julius Peppers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I and granted he's incredible. a freak, but uh, you're right, BLG. If you're, I mean, James Harrison, we just saw in the yes. Super Bowl. If if you're someone who is athletic enough and smart enough and has those moves. Those moves will always work. You know, the moves will work. And ultimately at that position, if you can get to the quarterback three, four, five, six times a game, you're, you're valuable. See, now that ties in nicely to, I guess we can transition here too, to how this impacts other players on the roster. Because one thing yes. I want to, I want to bring up with when you talk about an aging pass rusher is Brandon Graham, because we you know we've all heard that Brandon Graham, uh, once an extension, he basically he said it himself, and quote he unquote, he, he said it quote unquote. He should want it. I mean, it's not unreasonable at all. I mean, if Vinnie Curry is making that kind of money, I mean, it's not unreasonable for Brandon Graham to be asking more. I mean, that's kind of how it works. That's the baseline, and and Brandon Graham obviously being that Super Bowl hero and just being a a very great player for the Eagles. I mean, he doesn't always show up in the sack numbers but you look at the pressure numbers and he's consistently up there and you know there's concern about you know okay Brandon Graham is going to be 30 I believe in April and you have to decide uh, and he's on the last year's contract you and you're limited in cap space so you kind of have to figure out what you're going to do there Um, I think one thing about signing Graham that does make sense and obviously in the last pod John had kind of said that you know he heard at one point that Graham might have been available on the block. So I don't think the Eagles are totally opposed to trading them if they get some kind of great offer, but I, I really don't think they're rushing to, to send him out the door kind of like they are with Vinnie Curry. So, and, and part of that, the reasoning behind that I think is because Brandon Graham to me looks like a player that's going to age well because he wasn't this full-time starter coming into the league. He, he was in a backup role, so he doesn't have the miles on him compared to an, uh, maybe another player his age, and also just because of his style of play. This isn't – Brandon Graham is not a, a typical pass rusher in the NFL. I mean, you know, I've just been talking to over the years, you know, Todd Harriman's or, you know, we have Trey Thomas in our show. Like, they know Brandon Graham is a guy, it's based on the players they talk to. He's not your typical pass rusher. Right tackles hate playing Brandon Graham because he's a power rusher. He's not just a speed guy. So I think this power is something that's going to continue to age well. It's not like he's going to lose his strength as he gets older uh, so much. So I think, you know, that's a guy you want to keep in the long term. And, and look, you know, getting back to the bigger theme of all of this, this is what we're kind of saying with with Howie Roseman has to kind of be creative and he has to this is going to be a, a difficult situation for him not an impossible one because they've planned out for the, not having this cap space this wasn't something they suddenly woke up with and was like oh no we have to panic and make moves I mean they knew this was going to happen but they also knew there's going to he's going to have to be creative because guess what if you don't have any curry back because you're trying to move on from him you're going to need to add another defensive end there because you took that strength and by getting rid of Vinnie Curry, you saved the money, sure, but you need to get another player back in there and make that unit strong again. And that's what they did. They it ended up being probably like what here? Like I think it was a uh, a net of 650K uh, added on because you were going to save that 5 million by getting rid of Vinnie Curry, which probably will happen. 
and you're going to bring on Michael Bennett's salary, which is, I think, $5.65 million. So it's not ideal in the sense that you added a tiny bit, but it doesn't seem like a big price to pay in the grand scheme of things. And getting into this, James, here, like, what do you think happens now with this defensive end? Like, what happens with Brandon Graham? What happens with Vinnie Curry? Yeah, I think, the BLG, that's the big question. And it's funny because... When this Bennett trade happened, my first thought was not of Vinnie Curry. It was of BG. I think you hit on the thing that, um, you know, when you think about the fact that he's got a year left on his deal and that he went on Comcast Sports Center, NBC Sports Philadelphia, whatever it is called now, and, you know, <laughs> said basically, you know, pay me my money. And, and like you point out, not just that he has been a, a really good player for this team and a great eagle, but a great eagle. Like, a face of the franchise type guy and the type of guy who, you know, went through the position change with the chip era and, and just sucked it up and played outside linebacker and, and then went back and and the Earl Thomas stuff and everything that guy went through to, to be as positive and as great an Eagles he's been and as just good a guy as we've talked about a million times, you know, you, you want the best for him and you root for him and, and he's one of those guys where – and look, I think that's kind of the – the whole theme of this whole thing, especially now that a team finally got us over the hump, finally did for us all that we ever wanted and, and won us a Super Bowl, it's, it's really hard to let go of some of those guys. It's hard to let go of any of them because it, it's it's the greatest team we've ever had and rooted for, and, and they did it for us. So um, I, I think what we're starting to, to come to is the reality that, that changes are going to happen, whether we like it or not. Howie Roseman, to his credit, has to be able to divorce the sentimentality and, and use the brain and do what's best for the franchise, both in the near and the long term. But I, I do think that I don't think that, you know, BLG's, you know, end is near or anything like that. I'm nervous about it, but I agree. I think Vinny's gone one way or the other, but. Just to, to add to your point about BG as, as the way he'll grow, not just the, the, the bull rusher and whatnot, but the brain that that guy has as a pass rusher. And, and you know, I think the, the, the strip sack of Tom Brady, a perfect example oh, of that, the way he, he all game, bull rush, bull rush, bull rush, bull rush. And then at that moment in that spot has the thought, the wherewithal to, to do the little, you know, shoulder move, swim move type thing. And, and and shift by and punch him and get by like biggest um, play in Eagles history. Absolutely, you can talk about the Philly special all you want, but that right there was just no. That was it. Play. They needed yeah. to. Stop. They would have scored. That we all know it. Every person who watched that game, every Eagles fan knows it. That was the play that made it happen. And then, um, you know, I, I think you could argue some of those plays more important than the Philly special. That last. You know, seven-minute drive before the strip sack, probably a, a, the most important offensive stuff we saw. But I'm 100% with you, and, and I do think that BGH is well, and I think that he's someone who, who regardless of the sentimentality, is a, a leader and a core part of this locker room and someone who's a great player and will continue to be a great player. So I'm with you there, BLG. But I think you bring up a good point, and I think it's kind of where we need to go. Vinny Curry, I think... You know, if if we're under the supposition that BG, they find a way to keep him here, make him happy, uh, Vinny's gone, like gone, gone. Yeah. And thank you, Vinny. We love you. But let, let's let's do a little stu- who stays, who goes here, BLG, as, uh, you know, we're, we're at that point, And I think there are a lot of interesting names here. And, you know, we'll save the uh, the one that, that gets fiery for the end. But 
Let's start on the defensive side of the ball. I think we both agree Vinny Curry's gone. Patrick Robinson, stay or go? One, uh, before I get into that, I just want to, the, the final thing on Vinny Curry. So what do you think happens with him? Does he get cut? Does he get tra- If you're Ian Rappaport, I mean, just the, the possibilities are endless. But <laughs> if you're if you, uh, if you, you are in charge, what do you think the Eagles should do with Vinny? I saw that too, BLG. I don't, I don't know how you get anything for Vinny Curry. Is there any possible way that any team in the league, and granted, Howie has, uh, has made me rethink the intelligence of some of these GMs because he keeps pleasing these guys, but how can anyone look at this situation and say anything other than they're cutting Curry? Like, there's no other way around it. I, I, I love the thought, BLG, and, and I a no joke would take a seventh. I'd take a conditional yeah. seventh because you're not getting anything else. But, I mean, you can't look at that and say, like, oh, th- they might keep Curry or restructure him. I guess we got to trade for him, right? Yeah, I think it's a situation where everyone knows it. But I think the pass rusher market is so not – like, it's not great in terms of free agency or the draft that I still think you can get, like, something small. Like, maybe you take Vinny – and you take that seventh round pick they got, Eagles got back in the Michael Bennett trade, and maybe you get like a sixth. Like it's not great, but you know you kind of. No, you have to, I think you have to kind of like work something in there. Yeah, no, and 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 it's fair in the sense that look, if there's a team out there that really likes Vinny Curry and doesn't want to have to bid on him against other teams, that makes sense for for a low tier asset, especially a team that might have a lot of picks. And and look, how he has shown, as we discussed earlier in this pod to be incredibly creative when it comes to trades and, and even things like the DeMarco Murray flop of fourth rounder, stuff like that. Who so got I'm cut, with you, by BLG. The way. I think there's more of a chance than you would think for something like that to potentially come about. You probably can't get much for Vinnie Curry. We know, you know, you saw like the Robert Quinn deal where the, the Dolphins didn't, or the Dolphins didn't give up much to get him. The Rams didn't get much for him. You look at obviously the Michael Bennett trade itself with the Eagles getting, uh, not having to give up too much to get him swapping the fifth and the seventh and Marcus Johnson. So you're probably not going to get a lot, you know, if anything for Vinny Curry. I feel like they can get something just because the pass rusher market, I think it's going to be weak in free agency and the draft. And I feel like you can maybe take Vinny Curry. You maybe package the Eagles seventh round pick they got back in the Bennett trade. And maybe you get a sixth. I think it's not a lot, but I think at this point when you don't have – so many picks, and you're you're trying to kind of just do whatever you can to to save cap space. I think Howie Roseman kind of has to be okay with that, like even just making those small moves. Yeah, I totally agree with you, and I think that um, look, I I don't think Howie makes the Bennett trade. I don't think any of this stuff is like you said earlier is just without thought. I think they have a plan. I think they know what they're doing with all of these contracts, all of these guys. I think they have other moves lined up. So I'm with you there, and I think there are going to have to be certain moves like that that maybe you don't think are are you know great values on the front, but are moves that just need to be made to get this roster both under the cap and in shape to move forward. So with that in mind, again, let, let's kind of get back a couple quick stay goes. Uh, is there any way Patrick Robinson stays on this team? Well, it's interesting because <laughs> reports indicate the Eagles want to keep him, I and mean, I don't. I don't know how much I believe it just because I don't think it makes a ton of sense when this team is limited on cap space and you feel like, are they really going to pay money to uh, a slot corner who has had some injury issues and just had his best year? I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to have Patrick Robinson back if money wasn't an issue, but it is an issue. 
And you're also seeing some early reports of like the Raiders and the Cardinals and even the Giants being interested in Patrick Robinson. So that to me would suggest there's a market. I mean, there's going to be maybe at least one or two, or we'll see how many cases where uh, an Eagles player might feel like, hey, you know, I can get that money in the market, but I really liked it here in Philadelphia and I'm willing to play under my market value because I, I like you here so much. I feel like I stayed healthy. I feel like I'm going to be successful here. I have teammates I like. Uh, part of the reason Patrick Robinson came to Philadelphia was Malcolm Jenkins being here. So, so like maybe if it's something like that, but I just don't think you can realistically count on that because I feel like, you know, if you're Patrick Robinson, you need to go into free agency and get that money you deserve. You just had a career year. Someone's going to give you, they're not going to give you a mega contract, but they're going to they're give you something decent. I mean, cornerbacks are in demand in the NFL. So I feel like I can't count on him being back. What about you? Same, a hundred percent the same. And and like you said, look, he's a 30 year old cornerback, former first round pick, never lived up to what he's supposed to. This is his best chance to make money right now. Like this is it. So I, I'm with you there, BLG, especially when you look at the depth at the Eagles, all of a sudden, I can't believe a year ago, if you had said I would be saying this sentence, I would have told you were crazy, but the depth they have at cornerback makes him <laughs> a little bit more expendable, which is absolutely crazy to me especially if Sidney Jones can be anything close to what we expect. I'm with you. I think it's going to be really tough to keep him, though, uh, obviously. If, the, if if And I think you make a good point about the, the you know, people wanting to be here thing, especially not necessarily just from the, the guys in the locker room, but from the guys coming in, the guys looking at it from the outside saying, hey, I want to ring. Yeah. I want to play with those guys. That looked like a lot of fun, what just well, happened in Philadelphia. I want to be a part of that. And we saw it with Will Beatty and um, Daniel Ellerby, you know, joining the team last season late in the year. Like these guys were like, hey, this team's really good. I might be able to chase a ring and kind of not have to do much to get it. So I think those guys could certainly be out there. Like I, I keep coming back to like an older guy like Carlos Dansby being out there who used to be, um, he used to play for the Eagles linebacker coach, Ken Flajol. And you have uh, Derek Johnson out there too, you know, for, obviously connection there with Doug Peterson from the Chiefs. So you have those kind of guys who are out there. And I don't know, again, that's not something you can necessarily count on, but I think it's nice to know that there could be a fallback option. Or, or even if you just get one guy, it, like it doesn't have to be every player like that. You're not going to sign every player. It's just not realistic. But even if you can get like that one guy who is really willing to play uh, under market value or come on the cheap for you just because they feel like they can get a ring that's an advantage so one guy who kind of fits in that theme who is on the eagles roster still for now and is was going to be a free agent darren sproles do we think and i guess i'll i'll, I'll put legarrette blunt in this category too since they're both running backs what do we think about darren sproles and legarrette blunt first and foremost it's ken flagioli I know it's not how you say it, but that's how I say it because it's way more fun. <laughs> Flagioli. Anyway, uh, great question, BLG. I, I, look, uh, I think when you look at the running back situation, Ajay's here, Clemens here. There's one more realistic spot. <sighs> I want everybody back. I want LeGarrette Blum back. <laughs> if I had to bet, yeah. If I look, and again, if Sproles, it comes down to health. If that dude is Darren Sproles of old or of you know last year before the injury, is one thing, and if not, it's a different thing. But assuming he is healthy, I think Sproles makes more sense. Uh, yeah. I think not only from a you know been an Eagle for a long time, they love him, all that kind of crap, but more so from the fact that he just gives you more. He allows you. 
the opportunity to move on from Kenyon Barner, whoever else you want to have returning kicks. You just put him back there, let him do that. I think the the you know emergence of Corey Clement as a elite pass catching running back um, <laughs> kind of takes a little of the luster off Neen Sproles. But I think if I had to choose between yeah. the two. I go Sproles, and, and obviously Ajayi gives you a little bit of what you, you get from Blunt there. And again, this is this is what's tough, BLG, because we're saying goodbye to heroes. You know, LeGarrette Blunt, a, a total hero with what that guy did this season in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl. All right, uh, back to the defensive side of the ball, the linebacker situation. Jordan Hicks yeah. will be back one way or another. Who knows where the health is? The other two guys, are they both here? Is one here? Is none here? Um. Wait, who's the other one? Who, well, and Kendricks and Bradham. Oh, okay, Kendricks. Yes. Um, yeah, obviously Kendricks is a player. <laughs> Eagles have been trying to trade like forever <laughs> now. <laughs> it's been like the, the this will be like the the fifth straight off season. Um, yeah, I man, it's it, I feel like Kendricks isn't going to be back because Me you too. look at the money and it feels like again this is a guy who played twenty seven percent of the snaps. In 2016, like this isn't a guy the coaching staff is in love with. I just think the tough part about it is, like I say that, but I don't think Nigel Bradham is going to be back either. It sounds like everything that you know, the, the early whispers that we're hearing are that he is likely not going to be back. So we don't know that for sure. Things can change. You know, it could be a situation where they let Nigel Bradham test free agency, and sometimes. Sometimes you think guys are going to have a hot market, and I would think he will have a decent market just because he's probably one of the best, if not the best, four or three outside linebackers on the market. But sometimes things happen, and a guy gets out there. You look at it with Terrell. Everyone thought Terrell Pryor was going to have a hot market last year. Totally, BLG. What happens? I'm with you, dude. I I think, and again, I'm with you. I think that that potentially, very potentially, both are not back, but I – I'm with you, man. I really think there's a real chance for Nigel Bradham to go out on the market at a position that is, at least right now in the NFL, very devalued by front offices. They that you just don't see high end contracts. I mean, the Giants just traded for Alec Ogletree. That dude's making you know two million or five million dollars. Excuse me. Like, granted, a, a different, slightly different position, but. I just think that that's a position that for the most part is underrated and undervalued, and I would be surprised if Bradham gets the type of contract that I think he's looking for. And a bad trade, I will say, by the Giants. I think uh, I totally agree. Mike Tanier put it well when he said that, like, the Giants just totally neglected linebacker for, like, a decade, and then they finally get one, and it's just, like, overpaid guy that they gave up, like, a high fourth and a high six, and I, I know they swapped a pick in there, but still, it's like, really, this is the guy like you're totally, gonna get totally. So, but getting back to some of the free agents here, um, I think we don't even have to spend a lot of time on Trey Burton. I think we both know, you gone. know he's gone. He's Bo, he's, Bo he's, Allen he's gone. probably gone as well. Bo Allen, I think, uh, even heard that Washington might be interested in him, so that would suck. Hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen. You know, I, I want to see all these guys go and get paid because me too. Not only is it good for them, and as you said, all these guys are heroes, but you know the Eagles want to get good comp picks too, potentially next offseason. So mm-hmm. I'm all for these guys getting as much money as they can. <laughs> but I don't want to see them, you know, in Washington. Go go sign with the even if you stay, you can stay in the NFC. I don't care, but like don't go to stay in the NFC East. That would that would suck. So 
Um, Long history of deed tackles going, at least recent history. Colin Jenkins, Mike Patterson, Cedric Thornton. Thornton. They all they yeah. all seem to end up in the NFCs for some reason. That's that's very that's a very good point. Um, so <laughs> we got Burton. It's there. science. It's a scientific fact, BLG. Obviously, <laughs> um, some of the other guys feel like pretty pretty easy. I guess like Tory Smith. Think, we can say goodbye. Yeah. Oh, Tory Smith you. definitely definitely gone. Um, you look, you know, like Caleb Sturgis is gone. Najee Good is probably gone. Brian Brayman gone. Um, Kenyon Barner, sorry, Kenyon, you're gone. Uh, Jalen Watkins is probably a guy that Eagles like could bring back if they, because like they're light at safety, and if they want to, he's a guy they, they hate me, BLG. Yeah, <laughs> we they got hate it. You, cool. And because like he'll probably just sit out in the market, no one will pay him anything, and then I'll be like, all right, here, come back on a minimum deal, which is whatever. Um, and that really, I think that's kind of everyone. In well, terms the, of, the, 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 you know, the always elephant in your room, Nick Foles, the last name. Well, that needs to be we get, yeah, there. getting into, to some of the non freedoms and the, and the trade players, um, man, Nick Foles, here we are talking about it once again. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think the kind of, there's kind of been interesting discussion about like, does the Michael Bennett trade make it more likely that, you know, Nick Foles is not back? And I don't think, you know, it impacts. I mean, obviously, I agree. Eagles aren't like acquiring Michael Bennett and being like, oh, man, now we have to trade Nick Foles. Like they've known what they've wanted to do. Exactly. With there are moves that they have set up yes. to get them where they need to be. And it could be Nick Foles. It could not. But I, I agree. I don't think one has anything to do with the other. Or, or it could. But the point is, there's no way to infer that. Right. But. You know, uh, we had this debate discussion before. I know you want you think the Eagles are going to keep Nick Foles, but like I just keep keep looking at this cap situation, and it's not just about this year and trying to make it work this year, which they still have a lot of work to do in order to do that. It's looking at future years, and they still have guys signed, which is a good. It's a great thing that they have these players under contract, but also right, means but they need draft picks. They need an infusion need, of young cheap talent. There's no question. And, and Carson Wentz's contract extension is coming as soon as next offseason, and they Agreed. probably want to get it done next offseason. And that's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a mega deal. So they need this space, and I just don't see how you can look at all that and be like, you know, $5 million on Nick Foles this year. You know, that's something we don't want to give up. Like, I think they need that $5 million. That's a significant amount of money. And I think if you're thinking about, like, being smart business-wise and looking at what Harry Roseman is doing – with a, a thing like this Michael Bennett trade and being like, all right, you know, I know we added a little bit of money here, but, you know, I, he, he got creative. Like, he gets creative with things. He, he finds a way to go out and, all right, you get rid of any curry, we're going to need to bring someone in. And, you know, we're going to, it's a cheaper option. And again, in terms of the net effect, they spend a little more. But I think with something like Nick Foles, I think that's a position where you have to be like, okay. You know, we we do like Nate Sudfeld a lot, and we need to save this money. And I, I just think Nick Foles is basically like a luxury they kind of can't afford at this point. I know they don't they don't technically have to move him. I get that, but I just think you're just so tight on cap space. And now, you know, you look at something like Brent Selleck says he doesn't plan on retiring. I mean, so that's that's a move we all thought was obviously going to save four million, and maybe they still cut him, but like. So it's just getting more difficult, it looks like. And I just don't know how you can be like, nah, we're good with not saving that $5 million. Right, and I understand that for what it's worth. And, and 
I do think, and we said this, I think the last time you and I talked in a pod, I, I do think the Eagles value the backup quarterback position higher than depth at other positions, maybe even higher than other starting positions. I think that they value the backup quarterback position higher, maybe not higher than other starting positions, but as a top 25 or 28 or 30 roster position on their roster. And I do think that they're going to commit more assets to it than other teams, at least from an inherent you know level. But I, I do agree with you. I do understand where you're coming from. I do think that the Nate Sudfeld love is real. I think <laughs> you don't hear all that stuff if they don't really feel that way. And that's always been the the blueprint for the Andy Reid, Doug Peters, and whatever you want to call it type of of thing of getting the the AJ Feely type or the whoever you want to call it and and develop, developing them and turning them into a backup and then ultimately into assets down the road. And they could do that twice. They could do that with Foles. They could do it again with Sudfeld. I'm with you. Here's my thing though, and, and and it's really has literally nothing to do with the Eagles. It has to do with when I step back and I look at this market. I look at this quarterback market and the the teams that absolutely are going after a quarterback this season, uh, this offseason, the six to seven teams potentially on what the Giants do. And the options out there from Kirk Cousins to, you know, whatever we think of him, A.J. McCarron team seemed to like him, the, the the Vikings quarterbacks or former Vikings quarterbacks, the the potential five or six guys who go in the first round of the draft. I just feel like, you know, I get the point about the inherent value of Foles and, and what he should fetch and what he can do to, to cut cap space and all that, but I, I also feel like I don't know if the, the trade that they want or believe he is worth is going to be there, BLG. That that's my worry, and and I feel like the value of having Foles on this team as a backup, and even as someone who you can trade, if a you know Teddy Bridgewater goes down, you know to use a a common uh, reference that we all know, but like if something like that happens and you have Nick Foles on the roster ready to go to trade, and it's a real valuable asset all of a sudden. So I, I just feel like I. I'm fine if they feel like they get real value. I get the the reason to trade him, and I'm I'm okay, especially moving further away and understanding. You know, if I hear one more person say Foles should start over Wentz, I'm gonna fucking kill myself, BLG. <laughs> but and I know you can't even get there. Like you, oh, you're boy. dead already from it. You were yeah. dead. You were dead. It is killed yes. you. But uh, regardless of all that, I I do think that I, my point being, I'm not giving Foles away just because we need the cap space. I, I think you have to, he's too valuable an asset to give away in a bad market if there isn't a deal there. If you know what I'm saying. All right. So I have two thoughts on this. The first thought is it just I can't and like when I try to envision what Harry Roseman like will do or like, I just can't. It doesn't seem possible to me. And where Harry Roseman is totally just fine. I know he values the backup quarterback position. Yes, I totally agree with that. I just can't see the the very possible situation. Like it's a very realistic situation. It is actually the ideal situation where Nick Foles doesn't play a single snap this season, and he just walks in free agency next year, and the Eagles don't get anything for him. Like that is just not in Howie Roseman's DNA. Like that is not how he operates. Like I just that doesn't line up to me. Like just the fact that you have this potential 
to get you have this asset and it is at its highest value and you know that and the the fact that you could potentially get nothing for it like nothing i mean maybe a 2020 compensatory pick but like come on with that like well i think that the thing that we don't know and the thing that we're supposing and and basing it off reports is the point is you can get 2018 wins out of it if Carson Wentz is not ready to start the season. I think that's a variable we can't grasp. But I, I agree with your your sentiment. And the other thing I wanted to say about that is, um, uh, damn it, I knew I was going to lose it. So, so the first thing, there was two things. The first thing was about the um, Howard Roseman doing that. And the second thing, what were you saying before we got to this? I cannot remember it. About about getting wins because they keep foals in no, case wins. No, no, no. Before I even started season. talking about um, about oh, how how Ken Flagole should be Flagole and not Flagole. <laughs> was that uh, where you're going with that? No, um, damn man, I can't remember. But the other thing I was trying to get your your foals your 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 wanting foals to leave is blinding you. You can't even remember what you're saying. <laughs> they have to trade him. I can't even think straight. Yeah, it, it had to do with obviously you get the savings and that's value, but I honestly can't remember at this point, man. Well, I'm so bummed. I'm I, well, I, I'm guessing at this point, pretty much anyone who's ever listened to our podcast knows pretty strongly how you feel about this full thing. So uh, I think we can move on anyway. Uh, let, let's real quick before we uh, we get to some final thoughts and before a potential uh, argument at some point coming up here. Uh, Quick free agency primer. As we are a week away, you know, a little under a week now at this point. It's uh, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be March 9th, March fourteenth. I the remember start it. of free agency. Oh, <laughs> what is it? I think this is an underrated thing. Um, the fact that don't forget man, it again. People are talking about this quarterback market, and I get it. And there, you know, there's a bunch of rookies. There's some free agent options the thing with nick Foles, though is it's a guarantee if you want him you can get him i think that's an underrated thing like kirk cousins you cannot get him if you want him right but on the flip side you have to give up an asset or assets to get Foles. where if it's mccarran or cousins or whoever you don't have to give anything up other than money that's the flip that's exactly but i think that certainty is definitely worth something totally because if you're trying to trade you know get her cousins totally and you don't get him and all of a sudden like your backup plan is signed to someone else yeah like then you're screwed like like how many teams are going to arizona makes the most sense of all the things i've heard just from and also look we we again we can't discount Foles's uh uh agency in this yeah. as well, in the sense that he's going to need to sign a deal with whatever team he's traded to. He's going to have some say here, and and he deserves some say. Again, you know, the guy won the Super Bowl for us, so um, it's going to be really interesting. I think Arizona, at least a spot where he could see himself, obviously, you would think. So I think it's interesting. But BLG, let's uh, real quick, just with, with it coming up, and I'm sure we will have some more stuff out, and, and uh, John, BLG, and Trey Thomas on Saturday uh, 3.30, hopefully, or as soon as the Phillies game ends that day to 6 o'clock, talking about free agency coming up. But, BLG, just a, a quick look ahead. Uh, you know, not going to be a quiet offseason. It's already not. What are you expecting come March 14th, uh, you know, when the, or, or I guess the tampering period, all that stuff as well? What, what are you expecting to kind of drop? Well, it's interesting because usually you think that early on is when the big deals happen in free agency, and that's true, but – you look at last year, I mean, they signed Chance Warmack on the first day of free agency, and he didn't get, you know, a big deal. So maybe there there could be that player out there who kind of referred to earlier who 
could be kind of just looking to chase the ring, kind of take that cheaper deal, kind of just get in there, and the Eagles can kind of get him. I, you know, we're not going to see the Eagles be super active in terms of signing. Like they, they're not going to. They just can't. Like we, they can make some trades, yeah, because you know Howie Rosen's going to. We're going to see some of that. I think we do see Nick Foles get moved. I really do. And I, I think we're going to see. I don't know if that happens on the first day of free agency, but then again, I mean, it happened literally like right at four o'clock. I remember back when they traded him a couple of years ago. Not that that means it's the same thing, but you just you never know. So I, I think we could see some of that. I think we're going to see trades. I think we're going to see, you know, Vinnie Curry, uh, you know, Michael Kendricks could like things like that could shake out. And I, I don't think we're going to see any really particularly big signings in terms of money just because they can't. Um, I think they do keep – I think they keep someone in terms of like a Robinson or uh, a Brad. I don't think it's going to be – I think it, if anyone, it might be Robinson if he's willing to take that cheap deal. I feel like they're going to at least resign or even Sproles. Like they're going to resign one of these players, right? Like they have to. Like they're – they can't i know they're tight on space but like i think they probably want to bring at least one of those guys back so i think we might see that um with this team you can never rule anything out i mean that's the truth we just saw it with the michael bennett trade like i was taking a nap on <laughs> on what was it now wednesday yeah like for 40 minutes literally 40 minutes i was just like i just gotta lay down for 40 minutes and then of course like i wake up and michael brennan is on the eagles it's like you can never rest when howie roseman is around it's exactly i was walking home in the snowstorm and i get home and i'm soaking wet and i pull out my phone and i had like 110 text messages i'm like what the fuck just happened um so i am with you there and and i think you make some good points there and look everyone uh we will have it here at radio but but on a daily minute-to-minute basis, he is very rarely sleeping. That was a weird thing to say because he does never sleep. He is a robot. It was the but, first time in my yeah, life. Yeah, first time he's ever slept. What a bad time for that. But I promise you that he has learned his lesson. And uh, bleedinggreennation.com for free agency, leading up to free agency, every rumor, every thing that's out there, every every signing as it happens, it is the best spot to get to so bleedinggreennation.com. Be locked in there. Coming up. After the final thoughts, after, you know, a little, if you're an Easter egg person, maybe, we're going to argue. I'll leave it at that. PLG, what's your final thought? Final thought is uh, I love you. Oh, I love you too, buddy. And I do. John and all well, well, real quick, because I'm looking at a picture of you, me, and John right now. John, I got these little, like, uh, square things made. And he, and he had an extra, and he was in the studio yesterday. He gave it to me, and it's just this picture of the three of us just, and it's, it makes me so happy, like to look at it. Is that the, the one WIP from studio. Uh, Paper Street Pub? Yeah, it, no, yeah. from the WIP studio, and it is oh. a, it oh, is, yeah, it yeah. is a great picture, and it's just, uh, I love you guys. It's fun. Well, it's fun. We're gonna have a lot more content, obviously, coming your way with free agency. Stay tuned for the emergency reaction pods. John obviously did a great job with that for the Michael Bennett. So stay tuned to obviously this feed and the Bleeding Green Nation Facebook page if we do any live videos. Last year, I remember we did a free agency show live as that happened i don't know what the plan is this year yet but obviously stay tuned over there as well facebook.com slash bleeding your nation and james as john said earlier this week thousand itunes reviews and ratings five stars obviously get us there and then john's gonna throw a pizza party so obviously what are you doing i mean like get when you're done listening to this get on itunes or wherever you can rate five star review leave something say something give us your feed give us any you could it could be negative feedback i don't care give us the feedback but leave a five-star review and 
your your rating as well. So uh, I think that just about does it for me. Yeah, and and my final thought will just bounce off that and say it is worth it to see BLG eat pizza alone to see how much this man can put back. Leave a five star review just for that, like literally, just to see the amount of pizza Agreed. that that man can put down his gullet. It is an amazing, amazing thing. And if you're into me at BLG arguing, which will probably be more like playful banter, uh, well, it's coming up. So thank you for listening for Brandon Lee Gotten. Again, uh, stay locked in BGN radio, BGN underscore radio on Twitter. And of course, bleeding green nation.com for everything free agency and all that. And for any, uh, how we, uh, uh, alert, uh, trades that have an emergency trades out of nowhere, which, uh, again, clearly always possible. So for Brandon Lee Gotten, I'm James Seltzer. Thank you for listening to episode 305 of BGN Radio. All right, BLG, let's fight. Yep. So uh, uh, we this was uh, totally unplanned. Uh, we're texting with John, and John says, hey, can you guys make the Easter egg a fight about chilies? And I said, uh, I guess. We don't really know. And, and Brandon chimes in and says, he loves chilies. And I said, oh, yeah, we can definitely make it a fight now. <laughs> you love chilies? It's like bodega Mexican, BLG. All right, here's the thing. I have to start, you know, with the the caveat that you know, I'm not like a big restaurant chain guy. I mean, really who is? But like, you know, one. I prefer my mom and pop shops. I'm not like this restaurant chain guy, but if there is a restaurant chain, I will go to. It is Chili's because I think in terms of value, in terms of the food, the quality of the food at least, I you know, it the, obviously depends. The Chili's reps too. aren't listening, all right, BLG. Hey, you don't know that. I mean, you don't, you don't know. <laughs> They're but, not going to like what I'm going to have to say. Oh, man. We're going to kill our good. sponsorship opportunities here. I think it's good because you can, you know, you get the chips. That they're bottomless. You know me. I eat a lot. So you can just keep, I can get like two or three orders of those chips. Um, the burgers are fine. They used to be a lot better. Oh, it's a hell of an argument. The burgers are fine, I guess. Because they used to be, but that's not what I. There's a, there's a lot of choices though. You can get the chicken, okay. the the barbecue, the new barbecue platter thing they have is like really good. I think uh, the ribs aren't good, unfortunately. But I think uh, like some of the some of the things they have are. I mean, it's not like oh my gosh, this is amazing cuisine. No one is saying that. But for what it is, which is like fairly priced i think overall too you can get a good value there um if you're like a member of the club or whatever i think my dad is like has some coupons like there's there's deals to be had at Chili's. Oh, and I, I, the most importantly the most important thing about Chili's is that it's on the office that was the, the only the you still okay okay <laughs> all right here's what i have to say first of all i feel like i don't even need to argue this i feel like i've already won the argument with your lukewarm Oh, this is fine. I guess it's okay. The burgers were I fine. won the argument you already. You are correct. Michael Scott and Chili's is the only thing that has ever yeah. had going for it or ever will have going for it. Go to a mom and pop. You, you said it yourself. Mexican food is meant to be eaten at mom and pop shops. Can you think of a single Mexican chain restaurant that's good? 
I can't because they all suck ass. As for the record, most chain restaurants do for what it's worth. But in general. But but come on, man. Mexican food, especially because it's a, it doesn't cost much. It's like the cheapest food. Just go go to a nice Mexican restaurant, and it still won't be that expensive. It'll probably cost just as much as Chili's, and it'll be ten thousand times better. Here's where this comes down to BLG. It's because you don't live in a city. Yeah. Live in a city, people, because I have like <laughs> fifteen Mexican restaurants. There's a taco place that is literally a half a block from my house that is. Chili's on steroids times a million. It's so much better. So I I feel like I won this argument. I just, this is over. This was, you know, this is silly. How do you feel about Mexican food in general? I love it. I, yeah, I, I think absolutely I think it's a, love I think it's it. underrated. Me as too. A food. I love the like, spice. I, I love the kick. Like, I want more of it, like, in my life. Like, I, don't, I feel like I don't have enough. Like, yeah, I feel. Go to the city, BLG. I, I mean, just like, but even in in culture, like, I feel like it's just not. It's not like it's not you know, respected you have like, the way it should be. It's it's yeah, always I mean, kind of like, looked down on, but it, it's not respected as the the high level cuisine that other it, cuisines can be. Even at like like a basic level, like fast food. I mean, you have like a billion different burger places, but then it's I a think, great you point. Know, you got Taco more, Bell, and that's all you got. Yeah, you're seeing more with Chipotle and I guess Moe's and different stuff. But and again, I know that's not. I'm not saying like that's like real Mexican food, but still like that kind of theme. You know, like I want like a burrito. I want that more often in my life. So, um, thankfully, you know, you, you do have Chipotle there, which you know I I like for what it is. Again, I think so. That's that's one of my points here, and and that's not to say that, that it's the point I, is Chili's is good. <laughs> for being chilies is the main summation of your point. It's it's not like my favorite place. Like I'm not saying that. Chilies. Hey, good. it doesn't suck as much as you think it would. <laughs> it's the I think it's one of the best. If like that's my that's my my argument. I guess like if you're going, to I a can chain, tell, and I love it. If you're going to a chain, just go to Chili's. Oh, I love it. Great stuff, PLG. Thank you for that. Uh, everyone, thank you for listening to Eat More Mexican Food. Eat it in the city because there are some great, great Mexican places down here. Uh, my dog is Mexican as well, uh, Ruben. So, uh, big fan of Shouts Mexican to Ruben. Well. Shouts and to Millie. Ruben. And Millie. Yeah, Millie, just because she's not Mexican doesn't mean she's not awesome. So, uh, And shouts to, uh, to Tina from Miami who's upstairs hanging out right yes. now while we record this pod. And it's why we're recording it so late. So, if we're a little punchy, blame Tina. Um, BLG, this was fun. <laughs> Next time we will be uh, be doing another Survivor Easter egg because I'm not yes. caught up again. Blame Teen, but uh, but I'll be caught up and we'll do another Survivor one next time. Sounds good, buddy. Awesome, love you, buddy. Thanks for listening to Easter egg, y'all. We love you all so fucking much. Talk to you soon.